You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Portland City Hall won't sweep homeless camps more than 10 feet from doorways. 10 feet. 11 feet out, you're okay. Nine feet out, mm, we might sweep you. That's a little too close for comfort, I'm going to go with for most people who live in a home or most people who own a business. 11 feet. Yep, you're okay. This has just become ridiculous. This is kind of one of the criteria that Portland is putting into place. They're also doing some safe rest villages. They're creating some safe rest villages in this coming fall to take care of some of the massive overflow of the homelessness issue that Portland and downtown Portland is currently encountering. Seattle is as well, a lot of other cities across the United States, but Portland in particular has just been run over homelessness issue. You know, keep keep Portland weird, Portlandia, you know, TV show, all this stuff. It's true. And um, if you drive through Portland right now through on I-5, you will see it. You'll be like, oh my gosh. I was driving through downtown Seattle two days ago, and there's a homeless encampment on a bank right in between uh, the northbound and the southbound lanes of, of I-5, Interstate 5. It's on just this steep slope. And I'm like, oh, man, there's people living there. Not only are they getting just all kinds of contaminants in their lungs, they're living on a, you know, basically on a mountainside in between a bunch of traffic. People just shouldn't be living there. Not not because I don't want to look at it, but from a, a safety standpoint for these people, they shouldn't be like living there. And yet they are. So here's what Portland's doing. We're going to read about that. I'm going to read about some of the changes where you can and can't have an encampment now. And if, you know, there's the, like these high risk and these low risk encampments. So we're kind of getting down to the nitty gritty of how we're defining encampments in the hopes of having a solution long term. I don't have a lot of hope, but, um, you know, you got to do something. So that's what we're talking about today. Um, and we're also going to talk about the safe rest villages, how those are going to get created, what they're going to look like a little bit, and uh, see what that see what that stands for. If you're new here, before we get going, if you're new here, my name is Sean Reynolds. I own a couple of real estate companies, and uh, I read the news. And why am I reading about homeless encampments in Portland on the Seattle Real Estate Podcast? Because the whole issue of homeless encampments has affected a ton of neighborhoods, and every neighborhood that's got one, there's there's you know, a rise in crime, you got 911 called, you got the fire department called, you've got an increase in violence. Um, you've got massive, you've got graffiti issues, you have got garbage issues, and all of these things impact real estate. So that, that's why we're talking about it. All right, let's jump on in. Portland City Hall won't sweep homeless camps more than 10 feet from doorways. The safe rest villages will start being built in September, according to Commissioner Dan Ryan's office. So this is what this is what Seattle or uh, Portland's uh, working on. As conversation heats up about Commissioner Dan Ryan's plan to build six safe rest rest villages across the city, Portland's protocols for sweeping homeless camps were formalized at a June 30th meeting of the city council. 
The aim is to codify sweep protocols. Ryan Toffix explained to Willamette Week for the first time ever, one protocol the council cemented Wednesday, deprioritize sweeping encampments that are at least 10 feet away from entrances to residential or commercial buildings. All you got to be is 11 feet away and you're basically good. 11 feet. 11 feet. Hey, hey, really good longstanding customer. Don't worry, that homeless encampment that's 11 feet away from my front door, that won't have any impact on you, the consumer coming into my business. It's 11 feet. Don't worry about it. You're going to be okay. Come consume some goods at my my business, at my restaurant, at my whatever. It's all right. The city of Portland said this is okay. 11 feet. That's just not that far. My wingspan is like six feet something, right? And so we're talking about five feet beyond that. Oh, you can have a tent next to a building, next to a condo, next to a high rise, next to a whatever. And you're golden. You're golden craziness. So um, that so if you're 10 feet away from entrances to residential or commercial buildings, so long as the building is not a school, and the, and the encampment doesn't contain biohazardous waste. It's not a school. All right, you got any biohazardous waste in there? No? All right, 11 feet, good to go. Oh, you also can't harbor criminal activity, or consist of more than eight structures. So no criminal activity, I mean, no criminal activity that we know of, you have seven tents, and you're not near a school, you can be 11 feet away all day long, and you're golden. How many tape measures are we going to start seeing in the homeless encampments? I mean, literally, up, oh, I'm 11 feet, F off, get moving. This ordinance is not intended to increase or decrease interactions between Portlanders experiencing homelessness and the impact reduction program. Our goal is to create clarity around the city's approach toward homelessness, spokesperson Margot Week said. The city council's unanimous approval of the ordinance paves a way for the construction of Ryan's safe rest villages, which will be six sanctioned lots that are equipped with laundry, basic hygiene facilities, mental health services, case management, and garbage and recycling. Well, that should have been done long, long ago. And I believe the whole, you know, area, dedicated area where you can go and camp has been done before. And they've always been shut down because nobody wants to follow the rules. And it just becomes an out of control, you know what show. Um, that's from my understanding that's we've had these areas before you've specifically had RV encampment areas where you can go park your RV, but nobody wanted to follow the rules and they shut them down. A potential rough blueprint for a safe rest village shows a large communal area in the center labeled plants and art individual units around the perimeter. It's unclear if those would be tents or some type of pod or tiny house and a dotted line enclosing the space. Again, it's unclear if that would be a fence or some other type of barrier. Week says Ryan's office worked on the ordinance alongside the Oregon Law Center, street routes, and all five commissioners' offices to establish sweep guidelines. The ordinance also decrees that campers cannot be required to move to safe rest villages once they're built out, which will begin September. That renews the question of whether people will go voluntarily. 
Campers cannot be required to move to the safe rest villages once they're built out. I mean, which will begin September. That renews the question of whether people will be go voluntarily. Um, does this sound like a good idea to you? Does this sound reasonable? 11 feet, 10 feet? Jeez, I don't think so. You're going to have some pissed off people in Portland. All right, here's the second article that kind of goes more about the safe villages, and we, we talk more about that. And we've got a, we've got a photo here. One of three city-sanctioned village shelters in Portland, Oregon. They look like doll houses. You know, you know what that looks like? Like uh, your backyard. And then you've got a dollhouse for your daughter. It only lasts for a couple of years. I can't tell you how many homes I've appraised over the years that have dollhouses or some little structure. And, you know, you look at them and you know there's no kids in the house because the 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 folks are much older than like parental having little kids and you're like oh yeah they built a dollhouse for their daughter she enjoyed it for about 2 weeks and then she moved on from dolls house is still here so that's what this looks like uh you know little like 5 by 5 or 6 by 6 shelters with a little bit of a pitched roof tiny little windows Okay, it's an enclosed air, closed area where people can see, feel safe sleeping at night. They can lock the door um, and they're sheltered from the elements. That is about all that this, this covers, but it's a concrete wasteland kind of uh, with these little shelters. That's, that's what we got going on. Portland City Council voted unanimously Wednesday afternoon to change the city's homeless encampment removal policy and directed staffers to create six city-approved and equipped outdoor shelter villages amid backlash from homeless advocates. City officials still don't have a planned location for any of those six safe sleeping locations, however, and don't plan to open them until fall. While city officials say the new directive on clearing tent communities or RV clusters is meant to limit forced evictions of illegal encampments and create safer sleeping sites, many homelessness advocates argue the new rules have the potential to do the opposite. All right, what does that mean? The rule changes passed on as an emergency measure are effective immediately. The changes include allowing an encampment to be removed without getting approval from the city bureau on whose property campers are sleeping. Just boom, gone, done. When removing high-impact encampments, which pose a significant public threat uh, based on city metrics, workers will refer campers to one of the new city-approved villages once they are built. What about once they're full? I mean, are these just going to be endless? They're going to fill up immediately because you've got thousands of people living outside in Portland. The forced removal of low-impact encampments will be discouraged if the site is located, and here's where we get into the nitty-gritty that I started off with, right? So the forced removal of low-impact encampments will be discouraged if the site is located at least 150 feet away from a preschool. All right, so 150 feet away from a preschool. Uh, we know that here in Seattle, that does not work well. We've got Broadview K through eight up north, and it's not going okay with the parents. And that's kindergarten through eighth grade. It's not going okay. The parents are upset, rightfully so. You've got a homeless encampment basically on school property. There's a lot of back and forth, just stuff going on. 
So um, you can't sweep a low impact site if it's located at least 150 feet away from preschool. So 151 feet, you're good to go. Preschool, eh, what could go wrong there? Um, elementary, eh, what could go wrong there? Or middle school, junior hires, junior high girls. Okay, 151 feet away. It's okay to have a homeless encampment there. Or you, you, you just don't really want to sweep them. Um, 150 feet away from a child care facility. So like daycare. All right. So 150. I don't know if you know how far 150 feet is, but it's not that far. It doesn't take that long to walk 150 feet. It's close. Let's put it that way. It's close. 100 feet away from a high school. Okay, so we're getting closer. The bigger kids, they've got 50 feet less to defend themselves. 50 feet. So I would love to be in on that conversation. All right, the middle school girl is 14 year old. The high school, the, the freshman is 15 years old. So between 14 and 15, we're going to give the 14 year old a 50 foot running start. That's literally what we're saying here, right? So how, how does that come up? Okay, the bigger kids, you know what, they're, you know, they can run faster away, or they can defend themselves. Maybe they'll get one of their high school buddies who's not 15, who's 18, has had a beard since they're 10, and um, looks like a, uh, you know, a, a true man. Maybe we'll get one of those guys to come in and help out the 15 year old girl. I don't know. I'm just throwing nonsense out here. But how do you how do you come up with? How do you come up with these metrics? Because this is way too close for company. If I had a kid in school in Portland, I'd be like, yeah, I'm a no go with any of this. Put the homeless encampments far away. Put them far away. Not because I have anything against the homeless people who are experiencing homeless, because it's not safe for my damn kids, boys or girls interchangeably. Uh, so 150 feet, 100 feet away from high school, or outside of a or 100 feet away from a scenic natural area. All right, this is a natural area. But it's not that pretty. It's not scenic. So no sweep here. Scenic natural area or outside of a wildfire hazard area. Why is that? Why are we identifying a possible hazard area for wildfire? Well, because so many of the homeless encampments have fires or people set fires. They have propane tanks that blow up explosions are on the regular. That's just how this goes. One of the key metrics that we're talking about as far as when the police come and do a sweep or when the fire department comes is how many times has 911 been called? How many times has the fire department been called? And after a while, if it's a bunch, they do a sweep, right? All right, here's another metric 50 feet away from a park, 50 feet, not that far, 50 feet away from a park, even less far is 10 feet away from the entrance to a residential structure and 10 feet away from the door of any business. 11 feet, you're okay. Nine, mm, no go. You're out of here. 11 feet. This is crazy. This, this, this should not be in place. Commissioner Dan Ryan, who led the rule change effort, said the resulting ordinance outlines clear places outside Portland city limits where people can sleep unsheltered without fear of being told to move along by the city. I understand people have issues 
in their lives where they have become homeless. But living this close to what we just described, especially the schools, to me is a hard no go. You, you just got to create some buffer in there. Marissa Espinoza, public policy coordinator for Northwest Pilot Project, which helps low income seniors secure housing, said while she believes the new villages will help prevent individuals from continuing to experience trauma on the street, she fears the new camp removal policies will lead to increased displacements. She said the limits for where low impact encampments are allowed to exist leave very few places for people to pitch a tent. And Portland resident Fiona Burgess said that she fears the distinction between low impact and high impact encampments is too vague and will allow city workers to broadly interpret the definitions to pick and choose which campers they forcibly remove. Shouldn't the city, shouldn't the governmental entities be taking care of these people instead of determining when and where they just move their encampment? I mean... Right? Isn't that kind of government's job here? You figure it out, you square it away. Instead of having ah, 11 feet, you're okay. Not, oh, no, nine. And I'm making, I'm making a massive oversimplification of this issue. But doesn't it kind of feel that way where you're like, really? That's, this is how we're judging this. But I guess you got to, you have to go with some kind of metric and 10 feet is what we came up with 150 feet for elementary and middle schoolers, high schoolers, ah, you better get your track shoes on because you only got 100 feet to outrun that homeless encampment that's that far away, right? Commissioner Joanne Hardesty said the city council's intention behind the rule change was compassion. How about helping the people on the streets right now? How about that? How about just figuring out some solutions here? That would be compassionate because letting these people just, how many people, how many homeless people are died during this massive Pacific Northwest heat wave? A bunch. That sucks. The whole heat wave thing and homeless people. I mean, what a terrible way to go. We complain about, I've only got one air conditioner in my home and it only keeps the house at 76 degrees. It said on the packaging, it would, it would cool down 300 square feet. I've got it in a room that's 180 square feet and it's, it's not that cold. Are you going to be okay? Yeah, I'm going to be okay. I'm pissed off about my air conditioner though. I mean, you take that compared to somebody living on the sidewalk when it's 110 degrees outside. We're talking first world problems here, right? And in, in this is a city of Seattle, city of Portland. These are not third world countries. These are first class cities. Well, they used to be anyway, that have got a lot of tech influence. And yet we've got just these massive amounts of people living on the sidewalk, literally living on the sidewalk. What we heard from the public today was a lot about how these encampment processes worked in the past and people's fears about what could happen if we aren't intentional about implementing this policy in humane, people-centered ways, she said. We must hold each other accountable. Accountability is always a big thing, isn't it? Mimi Garman, a housed resident living in the St. John's neighborhood, said instead of focusing on forcing people to shuffle from one piece of public land to another, the city should focus on preventing existing unsanctioned encampments from becoming public health threats. That's interesting. So deal with what you've already got, right? 
preventing existing unsanctioned encampments from becoming public health threats. All right, but that means you got to monitor what you've already got that are not legal. They're unsanctioned. The city should provide dumpsters and trash bags and pick up trash at least twice a week, she said. We need more porta potties and they need to be cleaned at least three times a week. No one is actually cleaning the ones we have now. We should provide social workers who make visitations to encampments a priority and make sure that truly and that they'll follow up with campers. So you're just got this this road we're going down here means no matter where the encampments are, you just create all right, you got to have more pot porta potties. You know, maybe it's outside of a library, but it's the 11 feet away, more porta potties and more social workers. So we just deal with it the way it is and jerry rig the damn thing. I'm a no go on that. I am more for looking at some more long term solutions for these people instead of, all right, we know you're living in a tent, but we're going to give you a clean porta potty and call it good. David Tunley, who lives in the Laurelhurst neighborhood, which currently has one of the largest unsanctioned encampments, said he didn't support the ordinance because it failed to address livability concerns. A solution to homelessness is difficult, but clearing trash should not be difficult. But it is so difficult because city resources are limited. And we all know that the minute these places get cleaned up, the homeless encampments, the people living in the homeless encampments, they don't, they literally don't give a crap. And they just, I mean, some of them do. You'll see, I should, I, I should, I should always preface that by the vast majority just leave their trash wherever and don't care. Because guess what? It's not really their place and they're going to be asked to move anyway. Maybe they don't keep trash in their tents where they sleep. Some do because. A lot of them, let's admit it, have massive mental health issues, and they can't even understand what's going on. And just they're not living in the same reality that we are. So a solution to homelessness is difficult, but clearing trash should not be difficult. All right, do how much do we spend? And we're already spending hundreds of millions of dollars on an annual basis on these issues. Do we just spend a bunch more on cleaning up trash and say, ah, this is just kind of what we're doing? I don't think we do. I think you create longer term solutions of actual housing for these folks. What does that look like? I don't really know. But um, it's got to be different than what we've got going on right now, right? The new city approved villages once locations are found, and amenities completed, will provide bathrooms, showers, security and case managers that can help individuals start the permanent housing process. What if they're not mentally capable of doing that? Do you ever think of that? They're a drug addict. They need to be on the streets where they can steal because that's how they're going to pay for their next fix. Uh, they have massive mental issues. They're not going to be able to live in a house. They can barely hold it together on the streets, but at least there they've got the freedom to kind of just go off and do their own thing. They're not a candidate for living in one of these safe villages, city approved villages. They're just not, they're not mentally going to be able to do that. So what do we do? How do we help those folks? What do we do there? <sighs> Got to come up with some different solutions because those are the two big main key points that kind of keep people in this cycle of being unhoused, right? Mental, they're totally mental where they're addicted to whatever that's not allowing them to get back into society and go. 
City bureaus were tasked weeks ago with providing the council a list of city property where these villages can be constructed by Wednesday. They're talking about getting the list by Wednesday. They're not going to have these villages done until fall. But as of mid-afternoon, the possible locations had yet to be released. We've got drama here. We don't know where the locations are. Where's it going to be? By July, the city plans to hire a project manager to lead the creation of the new villages, said Mark Bond, policy director for Ryan. In late summer, a community engagement team will work to finalize site locations. By fall, construction will begin. How many more homeless encampments will be created by then? Um, while affordable, I'm just going to read something here. While affordable housing is the goal, what the city needs right now is a point of entry response for those experiencing homelessness now, Ryan said, people need a place to access a case manager who knows their name and can help create an individualized long-term housing plan. I'm sure that's been thought of before. Um, would that work? I am no social worker case manager, but it does seem like you need that starting point. So that people have hope that at some point in time in their homelessness journey, they can have a, a person that is a point of reference and you go to that person and try and get the help you need. I don't know. I don't have too many solutions here. I just kind of follow along and go, man, it's bad. This is terrible. It's a, it's a crazy scenario, right? And, you know, a lot of this has been, it's been scooted along. It's been fast tracked because the CDC has said, no sweeps, don't want the Rona to expand. No sweeps, keep the Rona contained because we can't have people moving around. Um, and so that's why some of these cities that had a homelessness issue to begin with, it just got magnified during the whole coronavirus shutdown. And up until, you know, basically, we're still in it now. And, um, but some cities are, they, they are doing limited sweeps based on health and safety issues, which a lot of these encampments have. If you haven't been to one, they can be rough. They're rough. Some are, you know, I saw sections of Venice Beach in California on German and Venice's chow, uh, channel. I saw some sections that were pretty clean and tidy, but that's typically the exception versus the rule where you've just got garbage everywhere up and down the sidewalk. It's hard to tell tent from blue tarp from whatever, from whatever and garbage and bike parts and, you know, propane tanks and all that stuff. It's, um, it's really a sad scenario. And yet cities across the United States are just struggling with it big time right now. So I don't have any great solutions. I just know that there's a lot of people out there that need a lot of help. And the people in the urban areas, 11 feet isn't going to cut it. You know, 100 feet from a school, I, that's not far enough. 150 feet from elementary and middle school, 100 from a high school. Oof, I'm a hard no-go. We'll just have to see what uh, residents of Portland say. to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.